welcome to another podcast, podcast number 78 with uh, Struggling Hunters. Um, I'd like to throw out a huge shout out, a huge thank you to all those that are listening to us this far. Um, we really appreciate it um, to think that, you know, that we do have people returning to listen to us and giving us their time. Um, you know, we, we respect that and we, uh, you know, you get a little, it helps us to stay, stay motivated to keep doing this and moving forward. Even though I think, uh, me and Eric were sitting there talking and, you know, at one point, sometimes we were like, well, do we still, I guess it hasn't been recently, but we, if we, if we didn't see any success in doing this, would we still be doing it? And I think the answer to that is yes. So um, you know, it's just a benefit that you guys are out there listening to us and, uh, you know, to get two friends that are sitting here talking and trying to better themselves and hopefully help you become a better hunter as well. And then throwing some stories in there to help you to laugh and, uh, maybe realize how we don't know what we're talking about, even though we act like we do. <laughs> um, but you know, he just thank you and uh, hopefully you can keep keep up with us and as far as what we're doing and what we got going on and uh with this episode today we're kind of uh so we're going to kind of go into uh what eric's got coming up and what he's going to do for that for as far as he has a doe hunt coming up he's getting ready for and then uh talk you know some other little things we'll talk about and then uh talking about talk about hunting utah and colorado but uh i guess before we go any further you will let eric talk some about whatever he wants to or he can dive right off into getting ready for his doe hunt and what that looks like <laughs> yeah we could do that and then uh so i have i have my doe hunt coming up in well i guess just a little shy of a month from now uh, it's in November, I believe November 8th is opening, opening day. So the few things that I got to get done is make sure that my rifle sighted in and ready to go, uh, you know, kind of get everything ready that way. Uh, I haven't, sh ever since I picked up my bow, I haven't really even thought about my gun too much. I guess I've picked up ammo, but that was that was just trying to be an opportunist because of the ammo shortage. Whenever right <laughs> found a box of uh, of ammo, I was like, "Oh, I better grab some while I can." So, um, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'll you know try to pick up some more ammo whenever I can too. But, but uh, uh, that's pretty much all I really have for for the hunt so far. Is and this um, one is? Of, I was gonna that? say this is a little different too, in a way for you because you know, uh, you hunting deer with a rifle and not after an elk right now, and uh, hopefully, the opportunity for you is maybe a little bit more easily available for an opportunity. I guess is what I'm trying to say. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean. uh it's hard because I'm I'm not trying to be cocky or 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 too confident either either, but I'm 
pretty sure that I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, have, have some chances for success. I should say, uh, I mean, I still got, you know, make sure I'm aiming good and, and <laughs> shooting good, but, but I should have some opportunities to get the, the dough. And I don't, I mean, I'm hoping that it doesn't bite me in the, you know, I'm, I'm going to prep for it. I'm going to do everything that I normally do to try to, you know, be at my best. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I'm not going for a trophy buck or, or an elk. So in a way there's like some pressure off of that. No, like, you know, I guess when you have like a buck tag, or I should say an antlered tag, branch antlered tag, you, even if you're not in like the, um, premium units where it's like not necessarily guaranteed, but you're, you know, just your over the counter basic tag, but it's a branch antler. You're kind of like, Oh, I'm going to go after the biggest one I can find. Or even though you're kind of willing to take whatever is legal crosses your, your path, but there's that kind of that pressure of like, well, you know, I want to be, (laughs) want to seem like I know what I'm doing and be able to go after something a little bit bigger than what's legal. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And yeah, going after, I mean, you know, I don't want to downplay it at all because, I mean, hunting is hunting and it's never it's never just given to you. But, right. Uh, well, and the other thing that helps is the unit that I'm hunting in is the same unit I work in. And so, you know, I'm, I kind of scout it all the time. So I kind of know, <laughs> I kind of know where to go, if you will. And, yeah. Uh, this next month, I mean, I'm going to be, you know, every time I see a doe, probably mark it on my Onyx and kind of make sure that I, you know, know where I'm going and what I'm what I'm going for. So, um, so I'm pretty confident that I'm going to be able to be, you know, be able to f- uh, fill my tag. Uh, I really hope that saying that though just does not backfire on me. <laughs> I really could use some success under my belt this year. So, um, especially after my mishap with the with the elk. So, uh, yeah. I'm gonna do my best and 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 hope for the and hope for the best. But yeah, that's what I got going on right now. And I'll probably talk more about it as I get a little closer. And um, you know, uh, uh, talk about my prep or or whatever. Uh, I'm actually I'm probably just gonna drive to the area. Uh, I I probably won't even stay stay the night, you know, or you know, go camping for that right that hunt. So I'm just going to do day drives up there until I get something and, and uh, hopefully it all works out, but I, I'm excited for it. You know, I'm, 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 well, I'm really excited for it. Cause I'm really hoping for, for some success. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, even with that, uh, man, yeah, it's going to feel weird. I, so to kind of go off into another direction just real quick with the ammo shortage this year and me picking up a bow, I haven't really thought about shooting my rifle at all. So picking the rifle or, you know, pulling the rifle out and, and, uh, plinking off some rounds going to be almost, could be a little bit different, I guess, you know, cause I've been working on that, that bow so much lately or, you know, for the last, uh, nine months, 10 months, whatever it's been. Yeah. So, so it'll be a little different. Like, you know, I'll have to, 
almost i feel like i'm almost gonna have to get used to shooting a rifle again i guess that's <laughs> what i'm saying because i'm a little out of practice but well that's it'll be all right it's all good it'll be good for me right true i thought about taking my bow but like i said there's a part of me that's just like let me get some success. Let me let me get my confidence up a little bit. Right. And and, and move move on, you know. Yeah. So, but you know, that that'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. And especially the prep too, you know. Like I mean that it's kind of kind of said it before, but it, here's another way of looking at it too, is uh you know, the kind of the pressure's off because you get to spend time in that area as, you know, as far as finding something, then the pressure's off too, to make sure you got like your camp ready. You know, you got, you know, more or less, it's just going to be day shots, drive and day shots. So that, there's some less pressure there. So hopefully this would be kind of just a fun time for you, you know, just to load up and go and then not have to worry about too much extra. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, we kind of talked about it earlier, Actually, there's a couple of things I want to say, but we'll talk about this this hunt first. Um, I'm hoping that you can make it up that weekend, that opening weekend, and come out with me. But I'm also going to have my 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 uh, my middle daughter and my son, who my son hunts with me all the time. But but I'm hoping to bring them. They kind of you know get to see the whole the whole thing. And I don't know how my daughter will react. And I hope she still wants to go whenever, uh, whenever it's time, she was talking real big the other day, how she wanted to go. <laughs> so hopefully she keeps that, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Joe, that, that energy mentality. Energy, yeah. That mentality and energy. I feel like there's a better word for it, but that works. <laughs> um, you know, for it, by the time I actually do go, but, the drive i don't know if that's quite not quite what you're looking for but anyways <laughs> yeah yeah anyway yeah so hopefully she's uh still into it though by by the time we go but um you know i just kind of want them I, so and i feel like this will kind of go into what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight but when i was younger you know i mean i was exposed to that stuff at a young age and um you know people got successful with their animals and it, and it just hooked me. And, you know, I mean, I've been hunting ever since for the most part and going after animals. So it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, I think it's important to just show that younger generation and, and, uh, uh, Steve Rinella going, you know, having my daughter come, uh, Steve Rinella has talked about it with him because he has two daughters, I believe. And he's talked about um, the agreement with him and his wife because he has a son, too. And his wife was like, you have to you have to show the daughters like the energy about hunting the same way that you show your son, you know, like make sure you don't divide them out. And And I just always thought that was like a cool uh, a cool way to be, you know, so I, with my daughter, I want to show her the same way that I show my son and, and have that same energy with her. You know, I mean, I probably, in all honesty though, I'm probably a little easier on her. Like if she's like, Oh, I don't really want to hunt. I'm like, okay, well, if you don't want to, that's fine. 
you know, like I'm not going to, but like my son, right. like he doesn't quite get that opportunity. You know, if he's <laughs> like, I don't really want to hunt. I'm like, too bad. You're going to learn this. But <laughs> at the same time, I want to, I want to give all my kids the same, the same kind of energy and, and opportunity uh, to learn and love the, the uh, sport, I guess. I kind of hate, I, I don't mind calling it a sport, but I guess, you know, it's, it, I don't, I mean, it's kind of a way of life in a way too. Right. You know? True. Right. And so, um, anyway, yeah, I just, I just want to, you know, give them, give all my kids the same opportunity to learn and, and figure out if they like it or not. But, um, but yeah, kind of rolling off of that and segue in a little bit. I was watching, uh, this, this YouTube video where they're, they're processing a deer. And I got a question for you. Have you ever heard of somebody like leaving on the hide for a few weeks? No. Well, this video that I came across, they like left on the hide and the, it, it kind of made sense. They said that whenever you leave on the hide and, and he, he had a walk-in freezer so he could keep the temperature regulated. Okay. But uh, the, the skin actually stays nice and nice and uh pink instead of how it gets that gets that like real dark color on the outside yeah but i've never done that before and, and he also said that it helps with the gamey taste which i couldn't tell you what but i i mean i was always taught to you know you gut it out in the field you get somewhere where you can skin it and then you skin it and and then he's you know you let it hang that way for a few days Right. Which kind of goes into something else, like especially where I live. Well, probably where you live, too. So Idaho was a little bit different. I mean, everybody had a pillar outside, you know, some kind of <laughs> somewhere to hang their their animals. But I feel like sometimes during the day where I live in Colorado, it gets so hot. Even sometimes even in November, it can get so hot in the middle of the day that it's, it could be dangerous. But the second thing is, is it's not the same kind of community where you can like leave it hanging out in your lean to. <laughs> right. You know, like, I mean, yeah. it's a little different world or different place. So, um, not having those luxuries to let it hang for a few days. I don't know if it changes the quality of meat or not, but cause for me, I mean, I'm pretty much, if I get an animal down, I, I got pretty much take it to the butcher right away and have him, process it right and uh do his thing and then and then you know i mean that's that's that but when i lived in idaho and i'd get in a deer i mean i'd let it hang for five six days or whatever and then then process it right so it's a little little different and I'm pretty sure I've said it before, but I've never actually taken anything to the butcher, but I don't have all, I don't have my equipment. I don't have any of that equipment anymore. I mean, it's not much really. I, the biggest thing is just a meat grinder, Yeah, but I don't have one. So it's like, well, just take it to a butcher and have them deal with it. I guess I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get that. Yes. I'm kind of going down many rabbit holes right now that I, <laughs> But I don't know. I guess it's just all these little things that you think about. But 
but my original point though was I was kind of I was kind of taken back by leaving the leaving the hide on for right throwing it in the freezer and leaving the hide on for a week or what however long he did it but yeah yeah I've never heard of I don't know that I've ever really heard of anyone doing that leaving the hide on to to uh, help cure it and to help preserve it not preserve it but just to help in the curing process well I, I, I was watching him do it and and I was like I was like it looked harder it looked harder to you know he he's a professor he was like a professional butcher but it looked harder in a way like dealing with the with the hide because the hide was kind of falling apart a little bit because it was breaking down uh and I was like man it's just I, I've just never seen that before and not used to uh, it I mean I'm sure it works but yeah. yeah I've just always done it one way you know where you skin it let it hang and and uh then you you butcher it up <laughs> you know right that. yeah you're correct so i don't know that i'll i don't know that i'd really ever do it myself though to be honest with you not unless i'll do have to do some reading on it but it's just one of those things that to me right now it's just so foreign that i don't really see myself wanting to do it you know it, i yeah i don't know yeah, I don't think I don't think it's the most popular way of doing it. I mean, it probably works or whatever. And I mean, more power to them. But yeah, I've just always kind of done it the one way. So for me, it's way foreign for me too. It doesn't doesn't make sense. But but whenever I was watching the video and he was skinning away, I was looking at the meat and I'm like, well, it it does kind of look fresher. You know, it's been hanging for a while, but it does look. It, I mean, what he said. You know, it looked pinker, pink, pinker, <laughs> huh? But yeah, um, kind of going off of what I said earlier about like how you know, whenever I was younger and and uh, having those opportunities to you know see see uh, my mentors and 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 family. Uh, you know, get successful with their hunts and 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 watching that and and going off of that and wanting my kids to you know have those same experiences. Uh, kind of segue, slightly segue into uh, what what we were going to talk about and the fact of how lucky we are in the areas that we've ended up. True, uh, you know, I ended up in Colorado. For myself, I ended up in Colorado, not really knowing much about Colorado either. Whenever I moved over here, I mean, I heard that it was good hunting area and stuff, but I didn't really know a lot about the areas. And and um, I moved out here, uh, you know, for work, and that was really my main focus for a few years was just work and you know trying to figure figure that out and. Uh, not realizing how fortunate I was <laughs> to have the kind of land around me that I do. And, um, 
my biggest regret with living in Idaho was that I didn't enjoy some of those uh, outdoor activities more and do more of it whenever, why I live there. Uh, salmon fishing is one of the bigger ones that, I mean, we were so used to it. Salmon right. runs every year, you know, and I mean, I went out a few times, um, never, never really caught one myself, but, but, you know, just there was yeah. salmon everywhere, you know, and it just, cool. it was like one of those things that you just never thought that it would not be there. Right. I, I didn't. To, I thought everybody or every state had a river that leaded to the ocean and had a salmon these, run. Yeah. You know, like I just, ah, oh, dude, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like I'm embarrassed to say it, but I thought the same thing too. I was like, Oh, doesn't everybody. <laughs> right. You know, cause you know, I mean, I, like I grew up in Vegas and we didn't really have any rivers like that, but like once, you know, I was up in Idaho and living like we did, like, you know, it was just like, Oh, it's the salmon run or it's the stillhead run, you know, like, okay <laughs> not yeah. that big a deal then like ended up in you know utah and everyone's talking about you know like going to alaska or somewhere idaho or somewhere and like doing the salmon or the um stillhead and talking about the stillhead runs and stuff you know and it's like oh well uh i grew up there <laughs> that was part of the life <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was yeah i i did the same thing and that's probably one of my biggest regrets in life that I didn't enjoy that kind of stuff even more and get more into that. Uh, yeah, really, really regret that. Uh, but also the whitetail too. Uh, I didn't realize that we were in such whitetail heaven, you know, oh, I mean, we, we were in such whitetail heaven that like kind of the, the, the uh, saying around there was, was that mule deer were kind of like junk deer as far as <laughs> eating, you know, cause whitetail are better eating. Right. And so whenever I first moved out here to Colorado and they're like, Oh, all we have is mule deer, you know, I, to be honest, I was like, ah, man, you know, I wasn't even interested in <laughs> like mule deer hunting. I'm like, yeah, I know they got big old horns, but they, they don't taste good. And, right. You know, because that, that's just what I grew up to believe because we were always whitetail hunting in, in Idaho. Yeah. And so, you know, I've come to realize over the years that it's there's a little bit of truth behind it, I guess, but not it's not as true. Like, I mean, whitetail might slightly taste a little bit better, but it's not that big of a difference. Well, and I think along, the, along those lines, that's all going to be relative as to where the deer grows up because, <clears throat> like, you know, typically, you know, you associate deer or whitetail being uh, a little bit more in the in the grain fields and whatnot, but and you know, corn fields a little bit better of a habitat. Whereas mule deer kind of kind of associate to sagebrush and you know high deserts and kind of a little rougher environment. But at the same time, if that's what the environment they got they they get to be around, that's what they're going to you know, affect their taste. Right. But if, a, if a mule deer is in growing or is being growing up or is, you know, has raised itself around food plots or something, you know, that's going to help the, the meat as well. So it's just all relative to what the deer has around it. Yeah. But it kind of along those lines too, of uh, being, 
lucky to, and I, and as, as a struggling hunter and coming to understand all these, what all kind of, I guess that term invokes and, um, struggling hunter, but, you know, is being lucky in a way of, uh, like Eric was saying, him being in Colorado and me in Utah, uh, not no longer in Idaho, but, uh, you know, still in good hunting States, you know, people still drive from, you know, back East or wherever to come to either. It seems like either Colorado, Utah, Montana, or Idaho, you know, like those are kind of the, to me, it seems like those are the big States, but I kind of looked, well, I looked up some numbers and, uh, the, for the, and I'm sure some of those out the, out there know, but Utah has an elk population of 81,000. And then Colorado has an elk population of 280,000. So, you know, it's just nuts to me that, well, I mean, 81,000, that's still a lot of elk. And I was kind of sitting here thinking as I was looking at the numbers, I was like, oh, 81,000, that's a lot of elk. They still hand out a bunch of tags but they're not going to tell you where that, where those elk are. So, you know, like <laughs> here's tags all over the state and 80, there's 81,000 of them somewhere, you know, not all congregated in one spot, but there are some spots heavier than others. Then Colorado, you know, the same way, 280,000 uh, elk herd population, you know, you still got to go out there and look for them, even though that's a heck of a lot of elk. It is a lot of elk. Colorado has a lot of country, though, I guess. But so does Utah. So that's <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that uh, that Utah is actually not a little bit higher. Yeah, that's really surprising. True, but yeah. So you know, and I can't remember. I should have looked it up from over the years. Like, I don't know that it's the highest it's ever been right now. You know, as far as the population goes, I know it's been a kind of a continuous growth over the years it's getting better but but yeah it's just uh you know you know along the lines of being lucky to be able to live where we are and be able to hunt you know and as far as those populations goes you know we can still get over the counter tags and and that's our whole struggle is like you know is understanding where to go and how, and how to go about it. And, uh, gosh, it's been quite the roller coaster of trying to learn and understand that. <laughs> well, and we've been aggressively. So I guess I've been kind of more in, well, I've been in one unit mostly for my elk hunts and I know you've been in kind of different units and bounced around, but we've aggressively tried to, over the last few years when we really tried to hit the elk hunting scene a little harder than we ever had before. Uh, you know, we've aggressively been trying to figure out our areas and where we're hunting and where we want to stay and where we'd like to, you know, maybe spend most of our hunting time. And I mean, I think it's been like, been a really good, like for me this year to go off of my personal experience, I feel like this year, I finally found like some really good area where I'm like, Oh, this is where I need to spend all my time and stop running around the, the mountainside trying to figure out where they're at. Like, this is where I need to be every year. 
Right. And I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it's always subject to change. I might have to move areas a little bit, but, but um, yeah, I, I feel like I kind of figured something out though, for sure. Right. And hopefully, hopefully next year I get the, get an opportunity to seal the deal. And uh, once, once I do that, it'll help me transfer to different areas. The, whenever we start hunting different States and stuff that in the future, what we're planning on doing, right. Kind of find similar spots of where we found success already in our home States and transfer that information to other States that like, well, this looks kind of a lot like what we hunt, you know? Right. But it's all been a learning process. And I mean, I feel learning. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. I'll, I'll say a learning process and and uh, killing old habits and trying to form new habits. Like that's been a huge struggle uh, or a huge hurdle, I guess. For me, is you know, as, as I've talked to other hunters and stuff, and you know, like everyone's like, "Oh, I get in a situation and I really don't fully know what to do," so I kind of just fall back on what I don't really know what I'm doing, but I kind of I just like, well, I'm just going to go do this. But yet it's kind of the same thing they've done every year, but yet they haven't brought, it hasn't brought them success, but it's just hard. Like, it's just hard to, to jump over those hurdles to break those habits and force yourself into thinking like you haven't before, or maybe hiking further than you have, or I don't know exactly what, what, you know, what those hurdles are. Well, I guess I kind of do is, Mine is understand, you know, like we talked about last week is if you ain't seeing any elk sign, there's no elk there. Why do you keep hunting it? And yeah, uh, that's a big, that's probably a big lesson. <laughs> and, but yeah, instead of just telling myself, well, if I hunt harder and hike further, I'm going to run into them, which is probably true. But, I, but if you're not really seeing a bunch of, I don't know, a bunch of sign, then, you know, move and then, you know, my other thing I ran into, I talked about was, uh, one of my hurdles is I think I aggressively called or bugle started bugle and elk too early in the season and stayed on the bugle more than I, than I did, should have, and should have been cow calling. So, you know, those are a couple of my hurdles that trying to understand is along those lines of, of changing myself to become a better hunter. Well, to kind of go off of that is, I feel like one thing that I learned this year is, is we, we've, we've really worked hard on trying to learn all these little tips and tricks and, and uh, you know, really trying to take it in. And so that way, whenever we're out there in the woods and I think they all help, I think everything helps, but I think uh, for me anyway, when I have personal experience and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is what I need to, you know, this is how you get where you want to go because of my personal experience. So like, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of, a lot of videos, a lot of elk hunting videos. There's a lot of, you know, they're all over the map, but to, I think sometimes like you, you know, you try to pick up all these ideas and you're like, okay, you know what? 
think I can mimic what they did and try to find my success. But sometimes just having your own experience out there, right? Like you said, you know, you you felt like you were calling too much. I feel like when during my hunt, I might have not have been calling enough. Uh most of those days because it wasn't until my last day whenever i just let it all go and that's whenever i had the most success so i'm telling myself i'm like well next year especially toward those last couple weeks i need to get aggressive and just call like a madman right you know i mean within reason i guess right right but but still like I, i you know i need to pick up the pace with my calling um and also probably not being afraid to to at least cow call in the earlier part of the season. Right. Uh, I, I, yeah, I kind of think, uh, kind of think that might've, that might've changed a lot of things, but I was a little, little shy with my calling at first. Cause I was trying to go off of, I was trying to go off of the premise of, well, if I don't, I don't want to call until I hear, other elk making noise. But the experience that I had this year, they were pretty quiet. Uh, the right. only time that I really heard them going off was, I believe it was Sunday or Monday night. I think it was Sunday night uh, of my hunt. And and uh, they woke me up in the middle of the night and I could hear them just going off. <laughs> And I remember I was just like, I woke up and I heard them going off and I'm like, oh yeah, tomorrow's going to be great. And then they were, they didn't make a peep. I mean, I didn't hear, you know, there was no bugles during the day and and the rest of the week, it was that way until, uh, until that last day that I got activity. But uh, yeah, so I just, I going back to what I was, saying those you know listening to us talk and picking up ideas from us or you know whether you listen to what not to do because that's probably what we can teach (laughs) you more of but uh you know either what not to do or what to do like sometimes sometimes you just got to have that personal experience for yourself to really let it sink in and go oh this is this is what works for me and just go from there Right. So as I just, as we're sitting here talking, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, note is like uh, the what nots teach you the what do's. Yeah. It might be, uh, might be easier for us to teach what not to do sometimes. Right. But you know, like, but if you learn from what you, what you're not doing or what not to do is going to teach you what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, you know, just, but again, to kind of bring that all back home is just to have the opportunity and how lucky we are that we're able to, to do what we have been, even though we are, uh, <laughs> not the greatest by any means, but we seem to have the passion for it and trying to, trying to learn it and get better at it. And, uh, and w- which we are slowly. Yeah. I, I mean, I second that. I know, I know we've had a few bad years when it comes to this elk. I mean, 
you you saying those numbers about two hundred and eighty thousand? I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't got one this year. I couldn't do one, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that many elk out there in the woods, and I couldn't get one. <laughs> Son of a gun. <laughs> but you know, to clarify though, like me and Joe both, like we do, we do over the counter. You know, um, I mean, there's a lot of factors with that. You know, uh, I mean, whenever you do over the counter like in the area that I was hunting, the only thing that I feel like I had a little bit of advantage on is every time I went deep in the woods. And I guess this is kind of a hot tip, if you will. Every time I, the deeper I went in the woods, the less chance I was going to run into anybody. The only time that I ran into anybody is I would say within a mile of the road of a main road, maybe even more than that. Um, I guess I did run into the guy that got the bear this year. He was a little deeper in the woods, but, but he was, he kind of said the same thing to me. He was like, you're the only hunter I've seen in the middle of the woods. Everybody else is out on the road, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, I kind of took that, that thought and that, that premise. And I was like, I was like, Oh, there's a lot of hunters that don't go that far in the woods. They go, you know, half mile, mile, and then they stop and they just hang out or whatever. And so I feel like there's kind of an advantage to going a little deeper and, and right. find, you know, right. Finding your, finding your success that way. As much as it sucks sometimes, cause it'd be nice to just get something right off the road, but true. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I think you got to put in that little extra work to <laughs> to get out there a little bit further. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Well, I guess I don't know if you wanted to really look into button it up or not. We're about out of half, just over a half hour. Well, let's um, do the. I think we kind of skipped past our our fourth commandment. Oh right. shoot! Uh, I I totally skipped over. I'm sorry, folks. If you're looking for our commandment number four um for fred bear and it's a good one too you want to read it eric (laughs) yeah i I can read it real quick so uh number four is the best camouflage pattern is called sit down and be quiet your grandpa hunted deer slash elk in a red plaid coat think about that for a second so i got a funny story about that so you know i feel like um I feel like camo has gotten real popular in the last 10 years or so, give or take. Yeah. I've always been a camo guy myself, but I'd have, you know, that older generation and stuff. They would, they would uh, make fun of me and, you know, I'd be all camoed out and they're like, well, this is, you're all camoed out. That's why we're not seeing any elk today. You know, they, <laughs> they'd make fun of me for it. Cause, and, um, and they had a point. I mean, you know, like, I mean, a lot of people wore their flannels and, and uh, red flannels and got plenty of elk and deer that way. And, and it's a hundred percent true. Uh, I was always just, you know, I guess growed up in a I grew up in a different generation and, and I was just always kind of into the camo, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> I mean, I get it, but now the thing today though, like for the amount of walking that we do and, and the amount of getting around, I will say like having, having a decent pair of camo pants that are designed for hunting. Uh, 
I mean, it, it does make a difference, you know, True. I mean, you got lighter, you know, they're lighter material, they're, they're stretchy, they're flexible, you know, that, I mean, it is what it is, but to go off of the, the fourth commandment there is, is, yeah, it, it definitely, there's something to be said about kind of setting still and, and um, it doesn't really matter exactly what color you have plus most states are all required orange anyway so right you know that that's one thing that i actually like about archery also is i don't have to wear orange but, right uh, true like you spend all this money on this nice new camouflage stuff but then you got to put on this blaze orange vest <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, yeah it just kind of kind of defeats the purpose but speaking of though for my rifle hunts i've been kind of gearing toward more more solid colors for my rifle hunts for that reason. Cause I'm like, I got a big orange jacket on like what's <laughs> well, yeah. What's and a like, camel you know, pattern going to do. Exactly. You know, I guess it does something cause all I'll see is a floating solid color, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, like along those lines too, you know, like in a way, if you think about it, like those plaid flannel colors, like you usually they're red, but at the same time, a lot of those, plaid colors were earth tones or you know like not but the the plaid pattern is kind of a camouflage pattern within itself yeah in a a weird way you know yeah well i mean expect i mean like you said most of them were were red but i mean there's green and yeah brown right so like you're you're kind of broken up in a way but that is something that i've kind of chewed on over the years is you know, back in the day, they didn't really have the camouflage and they still killed big deer. They still filled their tags and, you know, so it's, I think there's something to be said, but, but even then that the the one part of it, just sit down and be quiet, you know, we're talking about beating the deer's senses, you know, and then that's one way to beat their ears is just sit down and be quiet. <laughs> Don't move. Yep. If you're in a good area. I mean, if you're, gonna sit down in the middle of the city and be quiet you're not gonna come across any deer but if you're where the elk are and you sit down and be quiet it's gonna help your odds (laughs) which yeah kind of goes to what i believe you said earlier about not seeing sign i mean so if you see like a bunch of sign but you're not seeing anything right there but you're still moving along might be a good idea to actually sit still be like i see all this sign i mean i need to stay here for a while and see if something pops out. Cause there's all this fresh signer here. Right. And, uh, you know, you might be surprised what pops out. So true. But yeah, so that, that's pretty much all I got. I, um, yeah, I think that's all I got. You got that's, anything? I'm good. I, I'm good with tonight. I, Okay. Sounds good. Well, I'll get us out of here, I guess. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening to this point. Hey, if uh, if you like the show, if you're liking what we're talking about, uh, you know, give us a share. Uh, something that me and Joe are going to be working on, I think, uh, we're, we're going to try to work on it is uh, we're going to meet up and do some fun YouTube videos, not necessarily uh, podcast stuff, but uh, well, maybe we could pop out a podcast while we're out there too. But anyway, regardless, we're going to be doing some, some videos, uh, 
in the near future, which I think will be fun for our, for our YouTube channel. So, so be on the lookout for that. Give us a share, um, you know, like subscribe, do the whole thing. Thanks for listening. Episode 78 struggling hunters. Have a good night. We're out. Good night. <laughs>